0: or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclive.org and click on the giving tab and choose online campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today. and We hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Hey, uh, if you've got your Joe in your hand, like let's give a tip to everybody. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Welcome all you on the, at all the locations, campuses, online, listen, if you're online, we hope you have your Joe in your hand. But you could be here and have a Joe with us. But it's so good to be here. How, how many of you were here two years ago when I was here? A few of you, yeah. Um, it's great to be back. Thank you for having me back. Sometimes I guess I'm the crazy uncle, right? I, I get I'm part of the family, but I'm the crazy uncle that comes in and stirs up the dust, and then I get to leave, and you guys have to deal with what's left. But I do love your pastor, Danny Anderson. Um, I've been to London with Danny, I've been to, uh, to a ranch in Colorado where we shot guns and rode horses and hiked mountains, so just love what's happening here at Emmanuel, and I'm honored to get to share a few things with you this morning, and um, how, many, uh, how many of you are leaders, by the way, how many leaders I got in the room? Okay, one, one in the front row, thank you, two, yeah, how many leaders, like for real, like... A few of you, yeah, okay. Here's my thought for you, because I ask this question everywhere I go. I'm a leadership guy. I write books on leadership. Uh, if you've ever read a John Maxwell book, some of you are John Maxwell fans. You've probably read some of his stuff. I'm just the younger version of John. I worked for John for a bunch of years, and now I'm trying to sort of, you know, come behind him and fill the, the spots that he's been in for his life. I always ask this question, Who's the leader? And, you know, I get the front row and a couple other people are like, I guess I am, Brad. I'm a CEO or I'm like a superintendent. Or... But all of us are leaders. Yeah, That's, that's like good news and bad news. You, you all are leaders. Those of you who are in high school or middle school, like you're leading. You have students who look at you and watch you. You influence them. Those of you who are in your fourth quarter of life, some of you who are uh, playing shuffleboard on the Carnival cruise ship, you're like, Brad, I'm not leading anybody. I'm out of here on Thursday. I'm going on a seven-day, well, not anymore. You're not going on cruises, but at one point you were. I don't have any influence. I mean, I'm not running anything. Well, you no, you have a neighbor. You have grandkids. You have family. All of us are leaders. And what I want to do this morning for 27 minutes and 30 seconds. Are you with me for 27 minutes and 30 seconds? I want, I want to talk about when Jesus came on the scene When we look at Scripture and we look at the life of Jesus, when Jesus came on the scene, what happened is everything sort of turned the page. And this question of, well, who wants to be great? Who wants to be great? I mean, I want to be great. I want to make a difference in the world. Who, Who wants to be great? That question was also being wrestled with back in the time of Jesus. And if you would have asked then, who wants to be great, who wants to have influence who wants to make a difference everybody would have said well the way you get to greatness is you go to the top you actually like run the government you know you're you're over people you're in charge if if you want to be great because greatness is about power and what Jesus did is he turned the tables and he started to help people understand that no True humility is ultimate power. True humility is ultimate power. The the way things were done at this time, and even today we could argue, right? I mean, it's still true in our culture. Sometimes in our culture, when we think of people who have power, we don't necessarily connect power to humility. We connect power to maybe arrogance, maybe... Somebody who shows up and you know they're in charge. And I would argue, again, based on the life of Jesus, and if you're following Jesus here in Greenwood or any of our locations or online, if you're following Jesus, what Jesus gave us was an example of a new mindset as it relates to leadership, influence, power. He introduced a new concept to the world. Regarding authority, institution, power. Remember, what happened when he came on the scene is everybody thought, oh, now our king is here, and he's going to take over like other kings had done. He's going to save the world by introducing a new set of powerful, positional authority. And Jesus said, no, no, no. No, what I'm doing is I'm replacing what was in place. I'm replacing what's been in place so far as it relates to how do we actually impact the world. I'm creating a different way to create influence. Everything at that point had been top-down. And Jesus said, no, I'm introducing an upside-down kingdom. Upside-down. What is an upside-down kingdom? That's what Jesus gave us. So if we are following Jesus, if we're trying to live a Christian life, the way we should walk into the public square leaders, Emmanuel Church, We should walk in tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or next week into your office, into your school, into your, wherever you hang out and traffic and have influence with people, you should walk in with upside down kingdom mentality. Well, what does that look like, Brad? What what is an upside down kingdom? Well, let's talk about it. Let's, Let's actually look at four different sections of scripture because I know this. If an upside-down kingdom is what Jesus wanted us to live out, we better be clear on what it represents. The first one is this, a whole new standard. Four examples of the upside-down kingdom. So, you remember the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5? Sermon on the Mount, right? And, And what Jesus is saying is, you've heard it said. Like, it's been this way before, but now I'm introducing something New to you. We pick it up in verse 38 of Matthew 5. You've heard it said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. And everybody's like, yeah, we know that's true. That's the way it rolls around here. But I say to you, don't show up against, opposition against an evil person. Whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other one toward him. Ah, Oh, not sure I'm writing that down on my notes at this point. If anyone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Really? That's the way we're going to roll, Jesus? Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with them too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You've heard it said, right? This is the way it's always been. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now you're talking. I can go with that. But I say to you, love those who watch CNN. or Fox, or MSNBC, or whoever's against you. Really, Brad? Like, I'm supposed to love them? Yeah, and you're also supposed to pray for them. You're actually supposed to live a life that's upside down. Pray for those who persecute you, so that you may prove yourselves to be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So, the mindset here in the Gospel, the Sermon on the Mount, is that there's a whole new standard for us. whole other level of the way we walk in the public square. If we're going to be countercultural, Emmanuel, if we're going to be people who walk into Greenwood and the Indianapolis metro area and we're going to make a difference, it has to be that people see us in a different way than they see everybody else. Upside-down kingdom mindset. Oh, I'm supposed to love my enemies. I'm supposed to walk a second mile. I'm supposed to give my other pieces of clothing, if somebody figuratively or literally hits me, I just turn the other cheek. Boy, that's hard, but that's upside down, kingdom mindset. Number two, save my seat. So these are examples from Scripture of what it means to live this life of humility, of the Jesus model. Save my seat. What, what, what are you talking about, Brad? Save my seat. Well, Mark 10, Mark 10, 35 through 45. If you remember this from your days in church or Sunday school, maybe, like James and John. James and John, or they got this moment with Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, over here for a moment. We got, we, got a, we got something we want to ask you. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And Jesus says, well, what would you like me to do? Grant that we may set one on your right and one on your left in your glory. What they're saying is, is hey, um... We know you're in charge, you know, you're, you got your, the, the Savior thing going on here, but by the way, when we get to the place where there's power and there's authority and there's lots of ways for us to rule and we just want to make sure, we don't need to be in charge, but can we sit like right next to you? You ever had that in your office? <laughs> you ever had that with your staff where somebody's sort of like mm, figuring out the way to get to the top of the food chain, Right? No, we don't want to be in charge. We just want the seat that's closest to you. And then pick it up in verse 42, calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers domineer over them and their people in high position exercise authority over them. What he's saying is it's, this is the way it's been done forever. The way you get to the top and influence people is you have to be in charge. That's Again, you've heard it said, but now I say. This is what Jesus says. But it's not this way among you, James and John. Whoever wants to become prominent shall be a servant. Oh, that's personal. Whoever wants to be first shall be slave. Oh, that's personal. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. They were fighting over positional authority. And Jesus Totally Jesus juke moment says, yeah, it's not the way it's been. The first shall be last. The greatest shall be least. The greatest, in fact, will be a slave. Not so with us. Not so with us. Not so with you. Not so with me. Not so with us. When we walk into the public square, leaders, when you go to your job tomorrow or wherever you traffic, how are you standing out? How are you representing Jesus? How are you actually living out the life that he told us to live? Upside down kingdom. Not so with you. First shall be last and greatest shall be your servant. Number three, those stinky feet. You know what I'm talking about. The the story goes on with the disciples, right? They're Jesus is telling them, remember, greatest shall be last. First shall be last. Greatest shall be servant. And they roll into Jerusalem. They've got a lot of fanfare happening. They're in the upper room. This is the moment. This is the moment that Jesus is going to reveal. Now we're in charge. Now we're going to take over. Victory is coming. We're on the verge, right? And what does he do? In that moment, when he had all power and authority, when it felt like we were about to score the touchdown, we were about to take it into the end zone, Jesus turned the tables. He surprised them. He washed their feet. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a foot guy. I don't know any of us who are necessarily feet people, Um. The disciples have been walking a lot of miles on some dirty roads. All those late-night commercials about feet, you know, like corn and tetter and soraya, whatever, all these other things that feet have, my guess is those disciples had a lot of that stuff working. The toenails were long. There was a lot of dirt to scrub. I always thought, oh, Jesus washing their feet, it's like, you know, pretty and nice and It probably took a while to wash the feet of 12 disciples, but in a moment where he had all opportunity to be in charge, again, some of you think of your role right now in your life like people look up to you. They they want to please you. The moment when he had all the authority, he decided to take the posture of a servant, wash feet. And here's where it gets personal for us when he had, verse 12, John 13, when he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place at the table. Then he asked the question, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. There's the application for us. I have set an example that you should do as I have done. I say to you that no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So for us, here's the question, or here's the application. Leverage your power to the benefit of others. When you're in charge, when you have authority, when you have power, when you have control, when you're the one that everybody's looking up to, when you're the one that everybody wants to get their attention, when, when you're on the verge of victory, leverage your power for the benefit of others. Power is through serving. True humility is ultimate power and power lived out appropriately is actually when you start to serve people. You guys with me? Like give me a head nod, give me like a amen, give me a that-a-boy, like <laughs> preach a white boy. What I, yeah not for my benefit, but I I want you to, again, this is application for you in the public square because this is countercultural. This This is not the way that we learn when we go to business school how to get ahead. This is how we learn when we go to the kingdom of God, the upside down kingdom school, how to get ahead. Number four, put others first. And again, this is a verse you've probably memorized at some point, maybe, if you've been around the church for a long time. Put others first, Philippians 2, 3-11. through 11. Do nothing from selfishness or, or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God but did not consider equality something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant. Jesus could have played the God card. You know, he's part of the Trinity, right? He could have played the God card at that moment at any point in his life and said, you know what, I really do deserve the corner table. I really do deserve the finest animal to ride in on. I really do deserve the best, the best, the best. At any point, he could have played the God card. And again, for us, what do we do when we have power? What do we do when we have influence? We make it about others. We make it about others. We make it about others. We leverage our power for the benefit of others. See, we're playing a completely different game, Emmanuel. Our rules are different. We're we're operating with a different mindset. And here's where I think it helps for those people that nobody sees, right? For those people that nobody notices, for the people around you that nobody ever is interested in, are you interested in them? Do you actually see people that no one sees? Do you actually know the names of the people in your office that are at the bottom of the food chain? I remember uh, a few years ago, I, was, I put on leadership conferences and events, and we had one that was happening in Atlanta, and there was 12,000 leaders showing up to this conference. It was a big deal, and a lot of speakers, so a lot of people you probably listen to or follow or read their books, and sometimes when you get around those environments, there's a little bit of entitlement and ego, and you know, where's my green room, and I need, I need like the green M&Ms and not the brown ones, and... Make sure you have my coffee at a 67.4 degree temperature, or actually, that'd be really cold, like 102, 102.7, right? We, I mean, when we, get, when we get to be known, we get to be the well-known author, you start to expect things, right? When you're the CEO, you, you start to navigate like, well, I really do deserve this. And I, we had a, a gentleman named Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll is a longtime Bible teacher. I mean, I don't know about you. I grew up listening to Chuck Swindoll on the radio and really was a hero for me. And sometimes when you, when you invite your hero to come and, like, speak at an event, you're concerned that they won't live up to the expectation. You're concerned. It's like, oh, I hope, it, I hope the, the real hymn is actually as good as the hymn that I see from a distance. And so he's on his way, and all these um, security people at the conference wearing the yellow jackets, you know, like the folks who show up to these arenas, and they got the yellow jackets, they're hanging out in all the exits, and a lot of them are retired, and so they are really excited that Chuck Swindoll is going to be there, because they grew up listening to him, and he's been a hero, and so they're all like huddled in the, in the loading dock, where Chuck's going to walk in the back, <laughs> and they're waiting for Chuck Swindoll to show up, and You know, maybe we can get a picture or say hi to him. And I remember watching this unfold, and he rolled in, 75 years old at that time, rolled in, and every one of those show pro people, the yellow jacket people, the people that really nobody else ever sees, the people that everybody else is like, get out of my way. Like, I'm trying to get to the back here. He stood there for 90 minutes taking pictures. Hey, tell me your story. What's your name again? I'm Bill. Bill, what are you doing in life these days? Here's Chuck Swindoll seeing the people that nobody else sees. In fact, we had to like go and grab him and say, Chuck, um, like there's 12,000 leaders waiting on you. You're like four minutes away from going on stage. He's like, Oh, no, one more, one more picture, Brad, with, with Bill over here. He saw the people that nobody else saw. He was the grand poobah. He was the one that everybody was there to hear from, but yet he made it about others. It was such an example for me. When I get to the top, when I become the person everybody wants to connect with, when I'm the person in charge that everybody's trying to get ahead with, I still want to make it about them. I want to make sure that I have a posture of humility of mind that other people are the focus. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Make it about other people. How do I treat the people that no one else can see? So here's a list, a new kingdom list, you might say. What does it look like to live in the upside down new kingdom, to be countercultural. Well, I'm a, I'm a bottom rung kind of person instead of top of the food chain. I'm willing to move lower instead of elevating myself to the upper levels. I go the extra mile. I turn the other cheek. I'm willing to go last instead of first. Maybe go to the back of the line. Relationship instead of religion. Go to the back. Serve instead of being served. Give instead of take. Listen instead of talk. Everybody uh, do this with me, if you would. Like, Just hold your... Hold an arm out. Now clench your fist. <laughs> Hold it out, clench it, like really tight. Clench fist. Ah, ah, ah. Clench your fist. Now I'm going to make you do this for like a minute, so just stay with me. See, when, when Jesus, sh- keep clenching. Some of you are like, I'm out, Brad, I'm out. Keep clenching. Clench the fist. When Jesus showed up, he gave us this model that. When we feel like clenching and owning and running and I'm in charge and nobody else and it's mine and my way, when we start bowing up, here's what we need to do. We just need to kneel down. Keep clenching. This is the posture of a leader. This is what Jesus showed us. Keep clenching. Keep clenching. It hurts, doesn't it? Like It's not fun. Like your arm is getting sore now. Okay, release. Just slowly release. Boy, isn't that better? So many of us as leaders and people and neighbors and just humans, like we're just living this life. I'm going to tell everybody I'm generous, but I'm really selfish. It's all about me. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to be in charge. And... Man, so much more comfortable to live a life that's open-handed. Generosity. What does it look like to have abundance mindset? When, when you feel like bowing up, kneel down, open-handed. Here's another thing to do. Add value to people. What does it look like for me to live this out? I just, I just start thinking that everybody around me, I'm now going to invest in them. If, if I walk away from every conversation, every friendship, every connection, every person I run into, and I've actually made them better, hello, that's upside down kingdom mindset. That, that's Jesus' life. That's countercultural. That's, boy, I don't know what's going on over there at Emmanuel. But every time I'm around those people from Emmanuel, I'm better when I walk away. Add value. Impact team. Who, who's on the impact team in the house here? We got, come on, impact team. Woo! What's the, what's the scream for the impact team? Who? Who? yee Impact. Use that. That's a good one. Hey, impact. What, what are we saying with the impact team? We're saying we want to show up and serve. We, we want to show up and add value. And sometimes what happens in church life, I know it doesn't happen here at Emmanuel because you guys all love Jesus and you're the model Christians. But sometimes in churches, we, instead of adding value, we start to become a critic. Well, you know, I mean, that great, bald-headed guy, what's his name? Lo- Lo- Lomnick, Lomric, that guy, I mean, you know, I didn't really appreciate his message this morning. That was, and the music is a little loud and, the coffee it was a little cold, and it's a little cold in the room. And I mean, thank you. Thank you for the feedback. Bless you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Compared to what if my mindset when I walk into church but also into life is I'm just going to serve. I'm just going to look for opportunities to contribute. I'm going to look for opportunities to, be, to help make this better. I'm going to look for opportunities to actually Make the people I run into better. I'm going to add value to people. Then the other one is this. Be a power transformer. You know what transformers do in, electric, in the electricity world? A transformer is something that takes power and continues to distribute it. it. doesn't hold on to it. It doesn't stop with me. So wherever you find yourself, again, in your role, in your life, in your season... If anything is given to you that feels like power, your job is to now distribute. You're a point guard. You're a power point guard. In fact, I would say it this way. The power play, the ultimate power play. Leverage your power for the benefit of others. Leverage your power for the benefit of others. If you have power, you don't take it and hold it. Ah, clench fist. Oh, I can't let go of it. No, you open-handed distribute your power. So I'm kneeling down, I'm adding value, and I'm passing on power. Remember, again, true humility is ultimate power. So a couple of questions. How can I help and where can I serve? How can I help, where can I serve? How can I help, where can I serve? But By the way, those of you who are sons and daughters in your teenage years or maybe middle school years, If you ask this to your parents, first of all, they're going to pass out. (laughs) How can I help? Where can I serve? Ask this in this environment. How can I help? Where can I serve? Ask that to your boss. How can I help? Where can I serve? If you're the boss in your office, ask this to your people who work for you. How can I help? Where can I serve? How can I help? Where can I serve? Upside-down kingdom mindset. We're we're thinking differently. Jesus gave us a different model. Jesus gave us a different model. And this is true. Jesus, when he came on the scene, absolutely changed the rules. The rules still apply for us. What does it look like for us to be countercultural? To have an upside-down kingdom mindset. To think about people around us as the most important component do for others what I've already done. That's what Jesus wants us to do. So this is our takeaway. Do for others what I've already done. Oh, I'm clue No, open-handed. You're open-handed. Your spirit, your mindset is, I'm going to lower myself. I'm going to become last instead of first. And here's what I would not say to you. Do not ever think that you shouldn't sit at the tables of power in the community. I want you to be at every single place where power is getting distributed. But once you're there, now you're operating differently. Jesus gave us the example. So now go do for others what I've already done. God, we're thankful through your son Jesus, we see a picture of what it looks like to walk into any environment and to lead with humility. So even now, like challenge us, give us perspective, maybe a new picture of what it looks like to walk in tomorrow or Wednesday or Friday into an office or into a school or into a an environment where we're not sure even what it looks like to have influence, but that we would take the posture that Jesus took. Even now, give us a picture of a person that we can influence. Somebody that we can demonstrate what it looks like to go last. Be willing to serve. To wash their feet. That's what we want to do. We want to live out this kingdom life in such a way that gives you honor, makes you famous, and advances your upside-down kingdom. Help us to live this out. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, it's been great to be with you again. Thank you for being here. We're going to hand it back to all of our campus pastor locations.
1: Man, what a great message from Brad. He's just reminding us that true power is found when we serve and we humble ourselves. And actually, that's what Jesus Christ did for all of us. You know, in that verse, it says that in Philippians, it talks about how he gave up his divine privileges to become one of us, to sacrifice himself for us. And so I hope and pray that we realize that that is what God asks of all of us. And right now, some of us need to humble ourselves and realize that we cannot be saved by ourselves. We can't be saved by some other system. We are saved by Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. When he humbled himself and he died on a cross, he showed us the true way to have a relationship with God. It's when we put our trust in him and not in anything else. He he actually flips this world upside down. He, he brings his kingdom. His kingdom is an upside down kingdom, as Brad talked about. And he wants to actually flip your life upside down. He wants to take the old and make you new. He wants to change your life. He wants you to become more like him. And so you can do that right now. All you have to do is put your faith and trust in him. So I want to give everybody that opportunity right now in this moment. And so you can say something like this, God. It's not the words, it's the heart behind the words, but you can say something like this, God, I, I've been trying to find power in all the wrong things, in myself, and the world, and the money, or or whatever that is. I put my trust in all those things. And I realize today that true hope, true peace, true joy, right relationship with you is found through Jesus Christ because he humbled himself. He showed us the way and he died on a cross for me. And he took all my sin, all my mistakes. He's taking my old life and turning me into something new. And so God, I'm putting my faith and trust in him today. Thank you for what he did for me on the cross. Thank you for showing me a different way, a way of service, a way of humility. God, help me be this type of person like your son, Jesus Christ was. Thank you for what he did for me. Thank you for having me be in a right relationship with you so that I can live my life differently on this earth and then that I can live with you forever in your kingdom after I pass away. I trust you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give it up for all those people online campus? Come on, put those clap hands up, clap at your homes, wherever you're watching from. Give it up for all those people who made that decision. It's the best decision you can ever make. And so if you made that decision today, I'm gonna ask that you text saved to 65248, text saved, and we'll get you one of these. It's our save box. And in the save box is a Bible. It also has your next steps. It it has a coffee mug in it. And so text SAVED to 65248 if you made that decision, and we will mail you one of those save boxes. Come on, can we give it up for all those people who made that decision? It's the best decision you will ever make. And so I really want us to take Brad's message home. How can you serve? How can you help others today? Maybe you need to join the Impact Team. Maybe you need to go out into your community and, and join something to serve other people. Maybe you just need to give someone a gas card. I don't know what it is, but I really hope that we pray about how we can make an impact, how we can help serve and how we can help others because that is what Jesus Christ did for all of us and he continues to do in our lives. And we should show the world the same thing. We are his hands and his feet. Now, I just want to remind you, if you want to join or stay connected throughout the week, the best way to do that is to join our Manual Church Facebook group. Okay, so go click the link in the chat or go to Manual Church online campus on Facebook and join that group. You can stay connected throughout the week. We pray for each other. We send encouraging messages, uh, verses throughout the week. We we laugh together. It's the best way for you to stay connected uh, during the week through our online campus. Now, Then we're getting ready for our children's ministry right now. So get your children prepared. And just a reminder, if you would like to have all the curriculum, the the Bible verses and the craft materials so that you can do this at home with your children, text CLUB to 6524 and join our Children's Ministry Club. The Children's Ministry Club empowers you as a parent to be the primary spiritual influence in your child's life It also is for those people who are online campus attenders. If you join one of our physical locations, just a reminder, you get this stuff when you come to the physical location. It's for everybody who is choosing to be an online campus attender. Just text CLUB to 65248, and we will send you that. So let's get ready to worship with our children, and let's get ready for their service right now. We hope to see you next week and bring a friend. See you guys later.